All right. Thanks for that, Carolyn. We're back on Money Talk. And now it's time for a view from Australia. Uh, good morning, Adam Dawes, Senior Investment Advisor at Shaw Partners. How are you doing? I'm really well, thank you. It's great to be here. All right. Great. Great to be where you are. Uh, you know, lots going on in Australia these days. Uh, some, of our, some of our listeners have been asking about what is going on at the Federal Reserve Bank of Australia. A little bit of a shake-up today, yeah. or in fact, the last coming couple of weeks is, uh, is, is, yeah, absolutely a little bit of a shake-up with what's going on, and really looking at the RBA and uh, obviously Governor Lowe making some comments earlier this year that he didn't expect interest rates to rise until 2024. Well, he was very wrong, <laughs> and so I think the government has decided to uh, put another committee in place to uh, another sounding board to allow that to happen. One of the things that I don't agree with, though, is that they are actually only going to meet now eight times versus 11 times, which means we're not going to get as much colour around interest rates and what's going to happen because they're only going to be meeting eight versus 11. So, look, it'll be interesting to see, and, and July next year is when, the, when the, all of these changes are going to go through. So there'll still be some more changes, I think, to happen before we go ahead uh, further. So this is more than just a personnel change. This is a structural change. What is driving this? Like, what, what's the rationale behind it? Yeah, I think the, 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 the rationale is definitely that they, they want, uh, um, well, they don't want one person, I guess, being involved. Oh, sorry, sorry. Who's, and who's they? Another who's they? So they being, uh, I guess, politicians okay. and uh, the Australian public. Right. Um, so, the, the, yeah, the, the public need to have uh, this other committee to, the, to put it through, which is going to, I, I, I suspect, make it a little bit more simpler for people to understand what's happening behind the closed doors mm. of the Reserve Bank of Australia. Okay. And, I mean, so greater transparency, but, I mean, I thought that was kind of a central bank thing. Was They, they like to be opaque. They don't want to give the markets... Uh, too much idea of where they're going. Uh, is, is Australia a little bit different from other places in that they, they do they want a higher degree of transparency than maybe other markets? Yeah, maybe. I think it's, 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 it's very difficult because, as I said, Governor Lowe made these comments and they were incorrect. And certainly the U.S. has uh, been pushing inflation onto the rest of the world. So there's mm. really not much Australia could do but raise interest rates with the rest of the world. And certainly keeping inflation in, in, in tack or, or keeping inflation low is very, very important. But a little bit more transparency, I think, might have helped uh, people make some decisions. And there were a lot of people that made decisions on Governor Lowe's comments that they weren't going to raise interest rates. So, you know, I, I, I think yeah. it's tough, but uh, a little bit extra transparency is probably needed. And, and how, how, is, how are Australian banks responding to the current environment? Are, are, I mean, changing their lending practices or are there other, uh, other changes? Yeah, so the banks are very, very well regarded globally. Mm -hmm. And our top four banks are the, the sort of the top 10 or top 20 in the world. So they are very well regarded. We do have very good capital ratios. And through the Royal Banking Commission, we definitely cleaned up our banking sector as far as um, taking a lot of riskier assets out. And basically now the banks are just mortgages and deposit takers again. So um, with the, the CET ratios that we've got, uh, which is around about 12, 13 percent, that's uh, globally, that's, that's uh, over and above of what everybody else, uh, you, you know, the other banks around the world. So I think our banks are regarded well. I don't think that we're making too many changes to, to, to the levels. However, the banks have now started to put more restrictions on uh, businesses as well as retail or mortgage holders 
that you know they need to have stress levels and higher stress levels before they start borrowing money. But I think that's been going on for a while now. So I think the banks are definitely taking that in its stride. Yeah, we did have one of our one of our listeners uh, who knows that we had this segment today, and they asked about uh, debt leverage and ICRs, and if the banks are relaxing their covenants around ICRs. Um, I mean, are, are banks more? Or are they? How are they? How are they treating uh, business lenders? Well, business lenders is interesting. There's a case going on at the moment, which is for uh, a listed Australian listed company, BWX, which is um, Sukin, which is a, a, um, a, a cream or, or a, um, um, what? Are they? It's, like a, it's like a cream or a, a shampoo business, BWX, a beauty business. Okay. Uh, and Commonwealth Bank has uh, basically uh, over the last five months have been lowering their or the ICR rules, basically allowing it to go through. Um, but they've said enough's enough and they've stopped that and they're going to get the money back that they've lent to, to the business. So I think banks, yes, are definitely looking at uh, these ICR levels and debt levels and looking at a lot stronger or a lot stricter going forward. But that can only be better for the end result, which is the bank not going out of business. And is there any? Is there kind of a, a midpoint of where the banks are, are setting their LTVs? Yeah, so fifty fifty five percent is is certainly something that uh, you know it, it is it is known to be a, a good level. But certainly, as you get higher, then there's more risk with those loans. So yeah, it, it becomes a riskier loan, and then there's more conditions, more covenants being placed on the on the loan. So, um, but banks are handling that quite well, I think, at the moment. Okay. So, I mean, one of the things that, you know, Australia was famous for pre-COVID was going, what was it, 23 years without a single quarter of yeah. GDP contraction. Yeah. Um, I, I guess, uh, yeah. you know, COVID put paid to that, uh, you know, for not for anybody's fault in Australia, of course. But uh, is Australia going to go back to that, that trend? Is that, is that possible? Or is that, or is that, you know, kind of a weird 23-year the fluke anomaly. run anomaly yeah i mean they're like or, or is there something fundamentally strong about the australian economy that that it is going to revert to that well what it is is fundamentally that we are strong with is the commodities uh, iron ore gold uh lithium you know all of the commodities that make the world grow and grow continually grow faster and that's what i think will allow us not to dip into a recession this year mm-hmm. is our commodities uh our commodities will prop up our market uh, as such, and uh, keep our uh, GDP uh, moving forward in the right direction. Albeit, it will be quite anemic as far as it won't be. It won't be very. Uh, the, the GDP growth won't be huge, but we will still continue to print a um, a positive GDP through this whole sort of next six to twelve to two years. We'll be. I think we'll sidestep a recession, whereas we probably can't say that about the U.S. at the moment. And uh, you know, Adam, I have to admit, I'm a little envious because I'm from Canada. Canada, you know, and Australia, similar in many ways, including the uh, natural resources as a sector. But I mean, Canada didn't have you know that kind of uninterrupted run. Of course, both did well during the Atlantic financial crisis of 2008, 2009, and and the fallout from that. But uh, it seems like Australia's got a little extra secret sauce. You know, so it does, doesn't it? yeah, I think I think Australia um, we we are obviously called the lucky country. So yeah, absolutely, uh, that that has definitely helped us. And certainly the iron ore market is where we we, we excel at, and that has been definitely kept us out of a, a recession for very many many years. And uh, you know, obviously with iron ore at one hundred and fifteen dollars a ton, the government's got a budget of around sort of fifty to sixty dollars a ton. Mm-hmm. So we're still way above where any sort of forecasts are. 
uh, for that, and that means total profit to the bottom line for our companies, but also for our government. So would it be fair to say you're keen on copper? Any any other sectors uh, within the Australian economy that you're you're keen on that you're you're pushing your clients toward? We got about a minute a minute left. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Definitely see that as a, a future-facing metal, uh, battery metal, green metal, uh, and we, we see a deficit in copper, in copper over the next two to three years. So we've got some fantastic businesses. Sandfire is a great business that's listed on our stock exchange. We've got also got some really good ETFs that we're putting clients into at the moment. That that has been really well. But yeah, copper, copper definitely lithium, definitely moving in the right direction as well. And you know what what's going to stop gold? I don't know at the moment, but it's uh, it's it's. Uh, seem to be defying gravity at the moment but yeah certainly copper is one of our favorites at the moment so you got copper you got gold uh, you got 30 seconds anything else you want to uh, you want to highlight in australia as a, as a potential uh, one for people to look at yeah so certainly uh, our commodity space is is, is certainly where then and then if you can certainly look at something uh like another business called Wallies, which is a oil and gas engineering business but it's changing its revenue mix and changing its structure to more green um, solar, solar farms, wind farms, those kinds of things. Uh, and getting that kind of green tinge to your portfolio, I think, has got some really good tailwinds going forward into 2024 and beyond. All right. Sounds good. That's a great, uh, great way to close the week with Adam Dawes, Senior Investment Advisor at Shaw and Partners. Uh, still with an 